Hi, I'm Sam Germano, and welcome to the Uprooted Podcast, where we'll be uncovering the underlying meaning of health and what it means to us today. Let's sit down with the experts and trailblazers to understand the why and how, break down barriers, and blend our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Grab your headphones, turn the volume up, and let's uproot. Corey Rowe is an entrepreneur and celebrity personal trainer. Before he transitioned into the health and wellness arena, he had an illustrious career as an international model. His decorated career achievements include fitness and fragrance campaigns, appearances on the cover and pages of GQ magazine, Men's Health magazine, and he's also been featured on America's Next Top Model, CNN, and BBC Radio. With over a decade of experience in the health and wellness space, Corey Rowe has helped hundreds of individuals transform how they approach fitness and their lives. By implementing a holistic approach to personal training, his clients work towards their goals with the mantra of being 1% better every day. With this philosophy and a rigorous, customized training program, Corey has become a top performer in his field. He considers his role and responsibility as a family man, mentor, and friend to be his highest title and his most significant purpose. He lives by the mantra 1% better every day and believes that by honoring the small yet significant daily disciplines that pull us forward with humility and consistency, we can live an extraordinary life. Corey is such a powerful person and I was so grateful to have him on to share his perspective. At the end of the day, he's on a journey of helping people become the best version of themselves by encouraging them to honor where they are in their lives and choose to take steps towards achieving their health and fitness goals. I think that starting new goals or habits and keeping them can feel like a task in and of itself. And even when we are in that journey of sticking to a new goal or habit, we have off days or we get frustrated with not doing enough or get frustrated when we don't see results. Corey does a deep dive into each of those topics and offers such a refreshing and unique take on how to be kind to yourself while still powering forward. If there's one thing I took away from this episode, and I hope you take away as well, it's that the journey of progression requires consistency, compassion, and an understanding that taking a few steps back helps us take giant leaps forward. Corey, hello and welcome. Thank you for being here today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me, Sam. I've been looking forward to this ever since the moment we connected and we caught up initially and talked about some of the ideas that we wanted to share. You're doing something amazing for the world. Thank you for using a situation and putting your own magic and spin on it and giving it to the world. I love this podcast. That makes me so happy to hear. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for those kind words. I'm so happy to have you here because I am... Truly, truly excited to talk about the journey of progress and setting goals. Setting ourselves up for success is so crucial when we're trying to improve ourselves in some way, whether that's forming a new habit or setting a new goal. It's crucial that we have a healthy relationship with our goals and set ourselves up mentally and physically well. I love the work that you do in helping people improve themselves 1% every day, and you have such a refreshing and healthy outlook and mindset on the journey of self-improvement. And I can't wait for you to share the wealth of knowledge and the wisdom and the insight that you have gathered in doing what you do. So I'd love to turn to you, Corey, please take us through the journey of how you got to where you are today and the work that you currently do. 
Yeah, so I'll start, I'll start in where I'm at um, and, and reverse engineer from that. So I'm a celebrity personal trainer here in New York City. Um, I'm married. One That's one of my biggest titles. I would say I would say it's the most important for me. I um, love my wife. So that's also important. So that's a part of where I'm at in my life. I'm also an entrepreneur. So I partner with different um, individuals in the online space to scale companies. And, you know, we have our hands in different philanthropic efforts and charity work, etc. But where I am right now, I am at a pinnacle of trying to be better, not necessarily a pinnacle in terms of status, the pinnacle of just being so excited to grow and to progress and to change and to transform. And some backstory on me, um, if, for those persons listening, you might hear an accent. <laughs> You're not mistaken. I am Jamaican. <laughs> so where I, I, I came here um, to the United States pursuing a dream, pursuing um, a modeling dream. I won a fashion face of the Caribbean, which is an a annual event. It's now 10 years running in the Caribbean. Fortunately, I followed a friend who was participating in the competition, just some more support, just to say, hey, you got this. And the scouts thought I was trying to, you know, participate and to be a part of that. And they say, hey, you know, we think you have a shot. Long story short, I entered, uh, went through the rounds, started off at 100 people, then it went to 20 persons, then it went to one person, and that one person was me. And that launched me into the fashion industry. At that time, you know, I was at a crossroad because I was in college studying biochemistry. My path was that I was going to finish my first year in biochemistry, then I was going to pivot to med, then be first year med and go on to be a medical doctor. But with that opportunity, totally switched things. And it, 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 it put me into orbit in that space. And a lot of trials and errors, a lot of disappointment. If you know anything about the modeling space, for every one acceptance you have, you have 10 rejections to go with it, sometimes more. So it can be taxing emotionally. But I knew I wanted to see what the world was like. And if that was my ticket and my opportunity, I was going to do the best I could with it. And I did. And I had some good breaks along the way. And that led me into many different spaces, one of which has been personal training. And that's been a joy of mine, being a part of someone's journey to accomplish something as important as their fitness goals. And they've transformed in the process internally as well, has been such an honor for me. So just a snapshot of where I'm at. I love it. Also, one thing that in particular that stuck with me when you were just saying that is that you are at a time in your life when you're looking to grow and improve, but not by status, but by personal development. And I think that's something that's so important because a lot of times when we're trying to improve ourselves, we're so focused on the title that we're working towards. And I think it's a much healthier mindset to think of the person who you were working towards, not the title that you're working towards, not the status that you're working to get or obtain. It's the person who you are looking to grow into. Mm -hmm. That's so true, Sam. And the idea of 1% better, I think 1% better to what end? To what goal? And I think it, the, the, we hear it so much. And the 1% idea may not be novel by now because it's something that's been purported and said so many times. And whenever you find that there is a buzzword or buzz phrase, it runs the risk of becoming ineffective. Because now we have all this meaning attached to it that is far away from the core and the central tenet that gave it its initial intrigue. Yeah. So the 1% better for me is like 1% better to becoming who you want, you, the person that you imagine yourself being, you know, being that dad, being that entrepreneur, being that son, being that citizen of life, being someone in someone's life, being a contributor to the world. Also 1% towards a goal. 
It could be 1% towards attainment of something more tangible. It's 1% to whatever. And then I find that if it's more encompassing and it's not just about a title that can leave you feeling very empty after you've achieved it, it's so much more fulfilling and the journey becomes so much more rewarding than if it's just, you know, a name over a doorpost or a name on a building or a title on a book. Um, but your, your life, you know, isn't as fulfilling as it could be if the meaning was more broad. Definitely. When you are first working with a client, do you explain to them this 1% mentality that you have? It, it depends. Um, generally, no. I would okay. say I rarely ever express that to the client because I know we're going on a journey. And I know that the journey will lay itself out in such a way where we will have that conversation at a point where it's more meaningful and intelligible and they can understand it. Because like we, most persons who decide to go on a fitness journey and seek out a professional, they're not looking to do this thing 1% better every single day. We wanted this yesterday. <laughs> we are, we are we're pretty much upset that we even need to come here and to begin a journey. Why didn't this happen like 10 years ago? So if you start having a conversation about that, may not be the right time, I find under most cases, because you're saying, hey, wait for something that I've been waiting for all my life, a little bit more. Makes no sense. So I find that it's in key moments, it's in how I coach, it's in my response, it's in my natural and casual nature um, towards failure in the domain. It's me saying, it's okay, we didn't get it done today but there's tomorrow. It's me saying, you did well. It wasn't perfect, but it's on the continuum. It's also me saying, mm, that was a 70%, but we'll close the gap. So in a lot of different ways where they can understand in moments where it matters, where the context of the topic gives more meaning to it, as opposed to me in a consultation, say, hey, 1% better, okay, sounds great. They're like, shut up, dude. <laughs> I need, a new, I need a different trade. I made a mistake here. <laughs> and that will be the end of this conversation. <laughs> and, and, and thank you for nothing. <laughs> I totally get that. And, you know, it's that conversation, it's that topic that is the most impactful in the moments when you're feeling the most down or the, the moments that you're feeling like there's no hope for you or there is no like light at the end of the tunnel. Totally. I do want to talk about the act of setting a goal because the act of setting a goal can feel like a goal in and of itself. When you think about it, we have to prepare to set aside the time, the dedication, the willpower to set it and then stick to it. And it's hard to stick to certain goals because along the way, certain limiting beliefs, doubts come up and that makes it hard for us to kind of power through. Can you talk through how you advise your clients to set achievable goals for themselves? Yeah, that's so great. I love what you said. That's such an amazing question. You said the task of setting a goal can feel like a goal itself. Yeah. And I'll, 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 even, I'll even poke around in that a little bit. And you said you list all the things that we have to do to set a goal. But one of the first thing I try to reframe for myself and the persons I'm working with, you don't have to set anything. <laughs> you get to set this and on the flip side I like to say look at it imagine what it looks like if you don't set this goal you have to look at that if you if you did not have this option to set a goal to be better where would your life be if you didn't have an option to set an ideal to set a standard to set something to strive forward to that will pull you forward into a better place in your life where would your life be and when you have that juxtaposition between the goal that you would ideally want and the absence of that goal in your life, 
you now start to find yourself in a place of gratitude where you say, I get to do this. I don't have to do this. This is a privilege that I get to take care of my health and my well-being. And I get to be better and I get to feel energetic and I get to have to, 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 to be in immaculate mental, physical and emotional shape. So I would reframing how we look at it. It's not a chore. It's a privilege. So that's the first thing about it. And then there's always the pra practical stuff as well. You know, set a goal that's meaningful to you. There's all these goals that are for sale. There's all these goals that are marketed to us that we should want it because it's attractive and there's a product attached to it. Someone is going to make a case for it for you. Yeah. And if you are not very clear on what's meaningful to you and you don't have a, a, a value hierarchy of things that beckon to you, that resonate with you, it's easy for your attention and your direction to be tied to someone else's desires and product and someone else's aspirations for your life because they can monetize it. So getting clear. So I challenge people's goals. I, I, I go with the road of asking why. So you want to be in great shape. Why? To do what? Mm. If Why is that important to you? What would that allow you to do? If you didn't have that, what would that mean for your life? And I challenge it. I challenge it in a very friendly way because we're not adversarial here. We are on the same team. And I'm saying, I'm going to commit to this just as much as you're committing to it in a different way from a different angle. And if I'm going to go on this journey with you, I want to know that we're going on a journey about something that's important, that's meaningful, and it's a destination that we both want to get to. So to lay it out for persons probably who are listening, I say we get to set our goals and using the mindset around that. Then I would say set a goal that's meaningful to you that you can have a strong why behind. And then after that, have some humility. Understand that a goal by nature says that this is something to work towards, meaning that there is a gap and probably you are not sufficient enough yet. This is not a valid judgment on your intrinsic work. It means that you have work to do. You want to get to B, but you're at A and you have some deficiencies, whether it is you're in your skill set, in your thinking, in your habits, in your resources. And let that humility say to us, we have some work to do. And by virtue of that, we will struggle because we're new at this. We're not as adept at getting this done. We've been struggling. So when we fall, let's not make failure a big deal. We were expecting this. We started off knowing that we had a way to go. And then we go on that journey of incrementally getting 1% better. Mm, I love that. Specifically because, like you said, it is a privilege to even be talking to you, to even be at the mindset of wanting to be working on ourselves. And I like what you said before, because it's so important to know the why, but it's also important to know what we're not, I don't want to say the phrase, like what we're running away from, but what, what do we want to leave behind? That's what I want to say. What do we want to leave behind? And what do we want to run towards? It's, yes. it's so important to know the why and what we're ready to let go of and leave behind. And something that you said before too, it's crucial to have a healthy thought mentality around this. If we have an unhealthy relationship with our thoughts as we're working towards these goals, you become a tyrant to yourself and your goals. How? You're no fun to go on the journey with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What are some like, you know, hurdle, mental hurdles in, in the thought process that you've seen through your clients, whether that was them needing to release emotional traumas, them needing to let go of limiting beliefs, insecurities? Like, what are some things that you've seen firsthand and how have you helped your clients through that? Everything you said. And I've summed it down for myself and I, I've, I've trained 
thousands of hours, <laughs> probably approaching the 10,000 hours. So that means time one-on-one -on -one with an individual or group of individual collectively, 10,000 hours. Very few persons have spent that much time. That's like you're doing 10,000 podcasts. You see a, on a specific topic, you see a lot at that point from celebrities to, to moms, to athletes, Olympic athletes, you name it, royalty, you have someone who just wants bigger biceps and bigger pecs, and you start seeing a commonality over that period. And it comes down to this, I think, and I don't want, at the risk of being overly simplistic and doing a reduction that might not explain the gamut, I'll say it comes down to this. Us thinking that our goal is what will define us. Us believing that we are not deserving of these goals and somehow subservient to these goals. Us chasing a goal, seeking an outcome that the goal will never be able to satisfy and falling into the never enough trap. Because you're trying to scratch an itch that's on your leg by rubbing your nose. No matter how much, no matter how much you rub your nose, your legs still itch. Yeah. So seeking for identity through of some of these acquisition leaves us always wanting more. And it's like an insane cycle. So the big hindrance I would say is understanding that we do these to add to ourselves because we love ourselves, because we're amazing, not because we're trying to be defined by a six pack or a status or a beach cover or the applause of people or fitting into a particular dress. These things are great to have and it's great to have goals, but without any of this you're coming from a place where you are loved and you are amazing and we hear this a lot and within the buzzword culture these lose meaning and it's important for us to protect these meaning and to live these things out go back to what you were saying we have a hell to run from we have a heaven to gain but in the middle between those two poles, we need to have love and compassion and excitement and enthusiasm and let that fuel us forward. Not trying to seek these things in that period. Because then, like I said, you're a tyrant to yourself on that journey. You just beat yourself up all the time. And even when you get to the goal, you are left bereft and, and empty. Absolutely. Because also, you know, I think a lot of times we get in our own way. We adopt this like mentality that if we, you know, lose 10 pounds, we'll have more friends. Our partner will love us better, you know, we'll be more socially accepted. And it, it is the sense of feeling unworthy sometimes because we can want something so much, but there's a level of deservingness that you need to reach to understand how badly do you want this and how much do you feel like you deserve it? Because I feel like when we know when we deserve something, that's when we're really able to reel it in. It's like, that's like the key that gets unlocked. Like, do you deserve it? A lot of times we come mm -hmm. from a place of wanting so much, but not feeling like we owe it to ourselves to have it. Yeah. And I love the owe it to yourself to have it because then that puts a responsibility stamp on it. It's not this empty entitlement syndrome where I just deserve things because I was born. No, it's saying, hey, listen, I'm going to treat myself like someone worth being taken care of. <laughs> Absolutely. And by, virtue of and by virtue of doing that, I start do these things that help me to get to these places and acquire these things and to become that person. It's yep. this healthy respect and love. I respect and love myself so much that I'm going to do what I need to do to put myself in the position that I need to so I can feel 
confident about my ability to be that individual who goes on this journey and has just this amazing adventure. I've seen all they could be if they would stress themselves and be obedient to the process of becoming better and becoming, you know, the sort of agent that navigates through ups and downs, but just keeps going. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I want to bring something up that I think is important, you know, along that journey of getting to where we want to be, there are, you know, there are days that are tough and there are times that we are tested and, you know, we'll, we'll use the example in the context of fitness and health, you know, wanting to look a certain way and eating a certain way. And we get to a point where, um, there comes a day, maybe an off day where, we have our creature comforts right in front of us. <laughs> Give me the cookies. Give me all of the cookies. Give me a Coke and some chips. Let's go. We've all been there. I don't think anyone listening to this has never had a day like that before. But there always comes those days that are like, are you sure yeah. you want this? Are you sure you're ready to work mm-hmm. for it? And sometimes, I mean, I'm speaking from personal experience here, and I'm sure this is relatable. There are days where we have those in front of us, and it's so easy to fall back into them because the narrative comes up that we've created for ourselves of you never are able to stick to your goals. You always fall back into, into these habits, but, but you'll get back up, but then you'll fall back again. And like, we start to develop this like vicious cycle of of wanting a goal, falling back into the, our, our old habits or creature comforts, and then developing this narrative that we can never get there. How do you help people finally get over like that hurdle <laughs> i say that with such passion because <laughs> i felt oh man i said because i feel it i've seen your expression no look at me and there's so much fire behind it i said it because i've i've seen i've seen people struggle i personally like you know like i'm human i've struggled with that too like when there are certain yeah. times when you really want something but you are the person stopping yourself every time yeah yeah how do you work through that it's okay. Even if you're at home right now and you're podcasting and chilling with one a cookie in hand, a Diet Coke on the counter and chips all over your sh- shirt. <laughs> we need those days. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. But like most things, it's also okay to decide to move forward anyway. And everyone has been there at some point in some field. If we use the cookie as a metaphor for us, doing and participating in activities that takes us away from our goals that leaves us feeling guilty and on this cycle yeah you've said it there's a few options we have to refresh our stories it's inevitable that we will have a story the story we have though is a choice so it's inevitable that we will eat what we choose to eat is a choice it's inevitable that we will consume content what we choose to consume is a choice What I'm saying is that we have a choice. We are not beholden to be stuck in that place. It's a choice. Maybe a hard choice. Maybe a choice that you haven't been able to make to this point. But it's a choice. And recognizing that it's a choice takes us out of this fixed mindset where we feel like this thing is definite and there's no way out. And it's hopeless. Saying, it may be challenging but I can take on this challenge and there is a way out and I can move from this place of inertia by making small incremental choices. Maybe the big choice to eat broccoli every single day is too much for me right now. Maybe I can start off by doing it once a week. Maybe I, I can't do broccoli, but maybe I cannot have something else. 
and use these guys as metaphors or things that we can say, let's start and respect all progress forward. Because when you're in a dark place, when things are not going the way you want, and you feel like you're stuck and there's no way out, most times the only thing we can do is to take a simple step because that's the only thing we have the confidence to do. And if we decide to disrespect that and to look down on that and choose not to take it because we believe it's beneath us, even though it's a step forward, that results in us remaining permanently here. But if we just take that one step and another step, it starts to snowball and the positive loop kicks in. And before you know it, you're now off to the races and running. Mm. So I would say it's okay that you are where you are. It's a choice that you can make to move from where you are. That choice may not be a heroic step where the world would applaud for, you'll get a thousand likes for, but it would be a positive step in the right direction. And having enough faith and consistency, you will begin to move forward. So well said. And I think what's, you know, something that we were talking about even earlier is that progress is not linear. It is not formulaic. It is a winding journey. And we we were literally just talking about this earlier. It is not going Mm -hmm. to be 1% better than the day before. There are going to be days that are challenging. There are going to be Mm -hmm. days that test us and lack for a better word, absolutely suck. And those days are necessary because they're there to teach you a lesson. And even that lesson is that 1% that is there to provide us with new insight, new knowledge to continue propelling forward. So even though it's a day of maybe eating in a way that doesn't feel right to you, you did something else that day that did feel right to you, or you said, you know what, I don't want to feel this way anymore after eating X, Y, and Z. Yes, exactly. And I want to do better tomorrow. Exactly. And that brings everything you said there so spot on and brings me to the point of 1% better than who you were is also an important classification to make. Because in this comparison world where everyone's life and their highlight reel is in front of you, it's easy to compare your step forward to someone's giant leap that they've been practicing 10, 20 years before you've observed it. So it's looking at your life. It's looking at what's in your domain and under your control and your journey and saying, I want to be better than yesterday, better than the person I was, not who someone else was. Because that now gives you the wrong metric to go off. And how do you even know their journey? How do you even know the details? So you don't even have the specifics properly to even assess. And really, do you want it to be boiled down to you just trying to be better than other people? When you search deep down inside, is that what fulfillment looks like for you? Because how many persons would it need to be? There's like seven seven billion plus people in the world. Like, where does it stop? Which category is it going to be in? Yeah. And the specificity and the new the specificity and the nuanced nature of your life and your journey and your skill sets and your background and your support and your why is so varied that it makes no sense as a comparison. It's not scientific, it's not wise, and it's a fool's error. But I can say, Corey, like you said, I know what I did yesterday. And I know that I can make a 1% choice for my life not just in my fitness. I may have failed on the couch eating cookies, but I could kiss my wife on the forehead and say, hey, babe, good night. I'm trying to be a better husband. I can call my mom like I've been doing every single day for the last 65 days. 
and say, hey, I'm so happy you're in my life. I'm so happy that you're alive. I'm so happy that you love me the way you love me. Even though I may be failing somewhere else because my life is what I'm advancing, not just this solo endeavor. So there is always an opportunity when we broaden the scope to do just 1% better every single day. And positive loops back on positive because the, the confidence that you get from these other areas spiral into an area that you might be struggling in. That is next level. And I'm not gonna lie, I, I teared up when you said that. We sometimes forget the other areas in our life that, we, that easily provide us confidence boosters, like your wife, your mom, or your friends, whoever, you know, whoever it, it may be. And even though we personally aren't feeling 100%, there are other people in our life or other areas that we can give 100% of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. The opportunity is always there. Always there. And that's such a, such a beautiful way of, of looking at it too. Um, but what, what you were saying before also is so spot on because we live in a comparing culture. Anyone who's listening to this, I'll say again, like anyone who's listening to this has compared themselves to someone else in their life. It's human. Mm -hmm. It is so normal to think that way. And so sometimes I feel like we become our own worst enemy by comparing ourselves to everyone else's journey. And Mm -hmm. we compare ourselves to the numbers that Mm -hmm. we see on the scale, the numbers that we see us lifting. And I know that you're, you're very passionate about this that we are not our numbers no definitely not definitely not and i'll dovetail before i get into the numbers and how our numbers should serve us and not define us is what i love to say and before i dovetail into diving into that i'll talk about the the idea of comparison society as a whole has moved forward because persons have set the bar and set the standard and illuminated us to what was possible based on how they've stretched themselves and they've inspired us and we're like man i want to be like this person in that era So in that sense, comparison, using someone as a benchmark for where you could be in a healthy way is good because by persons doing well and being role models, they now become a standard that helps you to grow and pull the best out of you. It's proven that teams get better, the better their competitions are. Mm. They they battle themselves into better form, iron strong iron. They are the resistance that challenges them to grow. We get smarter by being our own smart people and observing the way they think and express themselves. So it's necessary. The issue is that it's a slippery line. It, when it moves from these persons are giving me ideas about how I can be better than who I was, mm-hmm. as opposed to how I can become someone valid if I was only better than them. Yep. Huge difference. Huge difference. No, the metric. Let's get out the defense for a little bit. Now that's some fun around here. <laughs> So guys, you are not your numbers. Your numbers represent the goal that you're moving towards. Yes. So the, the scale says you're obese. You are not defined by that. That's not a value judgment of who you are intrinsically. In a marketplace, in a competition sense, yes, of course, metrics matter. Our system works because of that. But getting your identity, saying who I am because of a number is a flawed premise and I think it's disrespectful to who you are because you have just reduced yourself to something that stands no chance in a comparison that is worth anything to who you are so I would say let your numbers serve you let them give you uh, ideas and optics and metrics on your way forward but know that they're not a definition of you 
there's just a, they are a definition of where you are in relationship to a goal. They give you insight. They give you information, but you by no means are your weight. You by no means are the calories that you eat. You know, and yep. it and I think what what happens sometimes is when we attach to these numbers, there is like this obsession that forms yeah. of needing to constantly alter or improve those numbers. And it's like this vicious cycle of being obsessed with the numbers yep. that we're working with. Yep, a hundred percent. Because think, you know, I was talking to, uh, to a friend last week about identity and the performance identity. I am what I do and how well that I do it. I am what I have, the position identity and the popularity identity I am based on how many persons like me. And all of those can have metrics attached to them as well. And then there are a fool's errand. It's like back to the point, it's very silly, but it's almost like scratching an itch on your leg, rubbing your nose. It just doesn't lead you to that. So I'm right there with you, Sam. And you know what's amazing about all these conversations? The best conversations, I believe, are the ones where persons can clearly say, that wasn't so profound. That's been ringing in my spirit and in my mind forever. And I've always known that this person might have said it in a different way, but fundamentally, I know that's true. And everyone at home knows they're not their number. And if we can be just as honest with that and not need convincing of that, but just res resign to the truth. <laughs> you, you know, I know. We don't need philosophy and deep insight. We know. Know that we know. Let's take a step towards living all that truth. Absolutely. There is one other area I want to touch upon. When we are in the process of self-improvement or personal development, whether that's at the gym or in the way that we're eating, a lot of times we struggle because we'll be on a path. We'll start mm -hmm. off great. We're having great days. We're, you know, we're feeling really great, but... I feel like it always happens in like the, the middle area that we get to a point where we're not seeing results. Yeah. And I want to get your take. What would you tell the person who maybe is, is on their journey to getting to where they want yeah. and they're not seeing results and they're at, at odds with themselves and they're struggling? Yeah. Congratulations. Well done. You've passed the point where life has just thrown you free balls. <laughs> and in the beginning, because you sucked so much, it was easy to improve rapidly. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. You've moved from doing 20% to 30% increments because you were such a novice that to get to even just tolerable in a field, it was a quick jump. It's yeah. life encouraging you and say, hey, you can do this. And now you've found yourself at a plateau where no progress takes a lot more because now you're in that domain where every single inch forward is so significant and so rewarding at the best level at the apex level of any area progress slows dramatically mm -hmm. there's only so fast so much faster Usain Bolt can run or Michael Phelps can swim when they're in the Olympics at that point it comes down to milliseconds <laughs> They are barely breaking records. Milliseconds. You can't even detect that with your natural eye. They have to like do camera slow down to fast forward. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So congratulations if you're getting to the point where you probably are in that spot because that now refines you at a deeper level, at a core level. 
that challenge starts to respect who you are, the anti-fragile system that you are, that transforms when opposition, that breaks down to build up, that becomes better when a task that is worthy of them stumbles along their way and you're forced to be more than they were to overcome and to become. Congratulations. We're, we're, we're in the races. We're in the races. Like, and I, I feel like I would also say that person like, oh, whisper in their ear of just like, keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. I want to ask you too, what is your take on the idea of cheat days? I think how we label things is important. I don't think words are trivial because they come with meaning. They come with framework. They come with mindset and perspective. So we need to be careful of that. What cheating by itself means that I am betraying something. It means that there is this dishonesty. It means that it's something to be ashamed of, needs to be hidden. It means that I'm going against my code of conduct and, and, and what I believe in my constitution in this area. I'm cheating. Who wants to be a cheater at anything? If you're going to say you want to have a strong moral compass, the world doesn't respect cheaters. Suddenly you label your day as cheat day. You think you're going to respect it. Oh, it's just the word. Are we being, are we using semantics? No, 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 no. It's very hard to set yourself up for that trap and not feel guilty. I'm happy I asked. You're having the cookie and that's what you're doing. Because <laughs> you want the cookie. Don't and need to make it into a cheat day. You're having the cookie because you need a break because we understand that breaks helps us to move forward. Get rid of the name. Yeah, and also like you're indulging. Indulging is healthy. Yeah. Indulging is good. Yeah. Indulging is necessary. I remember um, I, I read this once. I, I really don't remember where it was such a long time ago, but the article that I was reading was saying that in countries like France, for example, they eat bread, they eat cheese, they eat mm-hmm. all the foods mm-hmm. that we- No-no's. Yeah, the, the no-no's that we deprive ourselves of in, in our country, but they indulge in it. And the article yeah. was talking about how interesting it is because when you have positive emotions and thoughts associated with the foods that you're eating, it actually digests better in your stomach versus Mm -hmm. when you eat something and then feel shameful Mm -hmm. about it, regret it, Mm -hmm. or have negative Mm -hmm. feelings associated with it. And I I like what you were just saying because don't call it a cheat day because that sounds so negative. Just say that you are indulging and you need to treat yourself. Yeah. You're having the cookie because you want the cookie, you know? Because you said it perfectly, you know, the physiological effect with digestion, et cetera, you know, your body probably produces cortisol and your cortisol goes up and that just wrecks all your system, including your digestive system because you feel a bit stressed out about it You're in this negative loop. And another thing too is you'll notice, I believe, because I believe this is what happens. The persons who subscribe to cheat days, it's not just the day that they're cheating. It becomes a cheat lifestyle because of the guilt, because of the shame and you hide it in the closet and you do it when no one's around and then you can just develop all these disorders because you've just put yourself in a very negative spot. I say, let's start transforming our relationship. Let's start transforming our relationship. I feel for it. I'm going to have it. I'm going to do my best not to feel bad about it. I enjoyed it. But in the grand scheme of things, that's not going to take me away from my goals. It's something that I'm doing. I'm treating myself in the sense. I'm having something that I enjoy and not making it a big deal. And when it becomes that normal, you find that you're, you're off the roller coaster because you're no longer playing by those rules. A hundred percent. And also having a, rela- having a healthy relationship with these things is vital 
to our mental and our emotional stability. Because the second we start beating ourselves up, the second we start shaming ourselves, oh my God, it's just, it's downhill game it's downhill from there. Yeah, it, it yeah. game over. Game over until we stop. You know, I like to say, if you want to get from point A to point B, you want to move from where you are to where you see yourself being in that ideal space, beating yourself up only makes the journey a lot more uncomfortable. It's hard to hobble along on a broken leg that you've inflicted. Stop, stop it. <laughs> stop it. I want to end with, with a Corey Rowe pep talk, a little short, sweet <laughs> Corey Rowe pep talk for whatever situation that someone is in right now that they're listening to. And they need a Corey Rowe motivational speech to get them through their day. What would you say? I would say stop needing a choreo motivational speech because, <laughs> because your future self, your present self, all your history has been whispering in your spirit, in your heart, and in your soul every single day about wanting you to pull yourself forward, wanting you to explore life to its fullest, wanting you to accomplish and to see and to contribute and to give to the world. And you know, and I know what it's saying in this moment. And the only thing we have to say back to it in this moment is yes. And ask it another question. What's the simplest thing I can do to make that big yes a reality today and do it? What can you do today? What do you have control over today to keep going? What happens, however it turns out tomorrow, in a week, in a year, it's none of our business, but it is our business of what we can contribute to ourselves today. Today. I, I like, I want to wake up every day to like a Corey Rowe pep talk. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy having conversations with you, Sam. I think you're fantastic. I think your podcast is amazing. Corey, thank you so, so, so much for your time, for your wisdom, for everything that you just shared um in this episode you're incredible and your message is fucking awesome <laughs> to put it to put yes, it let's go! <laughs> Uproot, baby. if anyone wants to get in touch with you or find out more about what you do or work with you how can they find you shoot me an email guys at cordayroe that's K-O-R-E-Y-J-R-O-W-E at gmail.com. Or I'm on Instagram at Corey, K-O-R-E-Y dot row. That's your handle. Hit your boy up. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him up. Hit me up. <laughs> Corey, thank you so much. And I'm so excited for people to know more about the journey that you're on. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. 